Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Hello there, and welcome to episode number eight of Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. In this episode, I will be taking the team through alien abductions. So grab a drink, sit back, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm going to be talking about alien abductions, or to be more specific, a certain alien abduction. It's reported that around 1,500 people in the UK claim to have been abducted by aliens each year. Seriously, as high as that? Yeah, so that's not that's not in total. How many that's of them are repeat offenders? I don't know. Similar thing to the people, you know, calling in and saying, oh, I've seen a UFO again. They've taken me again, get away again, Ted. Because if you've got 1,500 crackpots... Unless any of them are whittled down through natural selection, you'll have the same 1,500 crackpots the year after. True. And then recently, Channel 4 aired a programme called Confessions of an Alien Abductee, which focused on a support group for abduction victims and some of their clients, including a town councillor who claimed to have fathered an alien baby and had an alien guardian, whom he called Mother, (laughs) um, an accountant who claimed that her DNA had been altered by aliens, and a housewife who claimed that she'd been abducted thousands of times and she couldn't lead a normal life due to it. Can I just can I just say, the last one, wasn't that always after she'd had southern fried chicken? <laughs> it was, yes. It was, yes. yes. Yeah. They did. Well, apparently sometimes they'd like to abduct her when she'd had southern fried chicken. Now, myself, Lisa and Eddie sat there and watched it. I wasn't invited. No. You, you were. You were at download. I'd bring every party down. <laughs> yeah. During the course of the programme, several issues arose for me. Firstly, it was clear that all three of the abductees had issues. Now, the town councillor had lost his mother when he was of a young age, hence I think why he'd possibly created this mother figure. The accountant, who recently lost her daughter through suicide, which she claimed was through being abducted herself, so that's the daughter and the mother, and the housewife, who appeared to have a dependency on drugs and or drink, comment she made was that they'd come and abduct her in her house and she'd wake up on the floor with needle puncture marks on her wrists. To me that kind of made me think she may have been taking something and her Maybe. experience was actually drug induced. You've got, you've got to be careful not to, you know, get... get yeah, you can't <coughs> actually... But I, I, I saw a clip of uh, the housewife talking yeah. and I, I think it was her son who was in the room with her mm-hmm. and he looked so uncomfortable when yeah, she was talking Yeah, he kept smirking about, as well when they were talking about it. Yeah. So, to me, that... As if, like, yeah, my mum's mental. No, but at the yeah. same time, though, right at the end of the programme, he starts saying, oh, yeah, I've been taken a few times as well. Or was that just to kind of make his mum not look like a nutter? For me, although entertaining, the show only set out to mock alien abductees as a whole by showing them as nothing more than crackpots or people with personal or mental issues. So what I thought I would do is to look at one of the most prolific reported alien abductions and also one of the earliest reported alien abductions. Alien abductions are also known as close encounters of the fourth kind. 
in which subjects claim to have been taken away by alien beings to another location, usually a spacecraft or in some cases, bases on Earth. There was a report of abductees in Australia, about 60 of them, I believe, being abducted and taken to, well, they said it was a base in the Blue Mountains because uh, they recognised the landscape outside. There was a window. Yeah, obviously. Or something like that. How else would the lizard men see out? Yes. More, more greys than the lizard men. <laughs> with this one the first widely reported case was that of Betty and Barney Hill in September 1961 probably the most famous but anyway that's not the one that I'd be talking about since then reports of alien abductions have been rife in the world of ufology predominantly in the United States I should point out with victims claiming to have been abducted for medical experimentation mating with aliens and some claiming to have been taken to the moon and other planets that's a good first date indeed However, there is a claim of abduction which precedes that of Betty Barney Hill, which initially went unnoticed until several years later, and it was that of Antonio Villas Boas in 1957. At the time, Antonio was a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer, and the abduction occurred on the 15th of October 1957. Boas lived on a family farm which consisted of several fields and plantations. On the night of the 14th of October, at around 10pm, Boas and his brother were tilling the fields when they witnessed an extremely bright light around 300 feet above them descending. Boas went to investigate, moving closer to the light's location, until the light suddenly darted at high speed away to the opposite end of the field. So he approached it again, and he went back to the other end of the field where it originally started. He claims that this happened some 20 times before he got bored, went back to his brother, stood and watched it for a bit where it stayed still, and then they went in the house. Mm. Where... They watched the light for a bit longer and then closed the shutters and went to bed, not knowing what it was. Boas did note that while the light kept still, it now and again it seemed to throw four rays in all directions, the same as the setting sun, as he described, saying it was sparkly. Then it suddenly disappeared as if the light had been turned off. The next night, Antonio was working the field alone when he noticed in the sky above him was a red light which was growing brighter and getting closer to him. This time, the red light landed in the field some 160 feet from his location, and he described it as a large, elongated egg. <laughs> What's so funny about that? I'm just expecting something so much more exciting. No. You know, it's jumping about at ultra-high speed, it's shining like the sun, it's come back the second night, and it's a flying egg. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it like flight and navigator. Mm. See, I'm thinking more Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Mork from Ork. But that may be where Mork and Mindy got the idea from, though. Maybe. No, no, maybe. no, no. He said that the light was also so intense that he couldn't see the headlights of his tractor at 1am in the morning. So the light emanating from the craft was kind of cancelling out that, the headlights on his tractor, which were quite powerful. He got off the tractor and decided to run towards the house, and as he did, his arm was grabbed by a small figure in strange clothes. Mm-hmm which he violently shoved away, only to be surrounded by three more small figures who all lifted him off the ground by his arms. He would go on to describe how these creatures looked, and what I'm about to read is his actual quotation. All of them wore tight-fitting sire suits made of soft, thick, unevenly striped grey material. What's a sire suit? I not got a fucking clue, I know you'd ask that. <laughs> this garment reached up to their necks where it was joined to a kind of helmet made of grey material that looked stiffer and was strengthened back at nose level. Through them, the men looked at me and their eyes seemed to be much smaller than ours. The interesting bit there is he said they're men. And he also oh. said they had a stiff helmet. <laughs> <laughs> True. All of them had light-coloured eyes that looked blue to me, 
but this I cannot vouch for. Right on top, from the middle of their heads, there sprouted three round silvery metal tubes. The tubes which were placed one in the middle and one on each side of their heads were smooth and bent backwards and downward toward the back. There they fitted into their clothes. How I cannot say, but one went down to the centre where the backbone is, and the other two, one on each side, fitted under the shoulders at about four inches from the armpits, nearly at the sides, where the back begins. I didn't notice anything at all, no hump or lump, to show where the tubes were attached, nor any box or contrivance hidden under their clothes. Now, obviously, that's quite detailed. It is. That's very detailed. I quite like the fact that they don't just sound like greys. Well, when was this? It's 1957, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the so it was the first recorded. Yes, it was uh, well, 15th the first of October. Popular recorded Western one. Yeah, although it didn't come to the forefront until Betting Barney Hill's abduction experience, but he doesn't stop there. He carries on. Oh, but he does even more. Yes, their sleeves were narrow and tight-fitting to the wrists, where they were followed by a thick five-fingered glove. Ooh, very fetching. Of the same colour. Why interesting they've got five fingers? Why is that interesting? Well, I don't know, it seems a bit... Surely you have got this idea of the grey, in inverted commas, like in your three, head. Having three fingers yeah. And, yeah. and a thumb. But this, this, this man has actually been abducted. Well, not necessarily. Claims to I like the fact that the description isn't just the description of aliens you've seen in films, which are the, what, yeah, the, what the greys yeah. are. That, that's a myth that's kind of... Yeah. rebuilt itself I was abducted by aliens and I know what they look like because I've seen them in films whereas this guy clearly hadn't and he's making up his own story yeah. or, or rather he, he saw something different yeah true true mm. those overalls must have been a kind of uniform for all the members of the crew wore a red badge the size of a pineapple slice on their chests <laughs> The size of a pineapple slice. That's quite big. I like that. That's, that's, if they're small, that's, that, that's, that's quite descriptive. big. That's descriptive. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it reflected a shiny light. Not a light of its own, but reflections such as those given by the rear lights of a car. From this centre badge there came a strip of silvery material, or it might have been a flattened metal, which joined onto a broad, tight-fitting, claspless belt the colour of which I cannot remember. You'll like this, Hodges. The trousers were also tight-fitting over the buttocks, thighs and legs. Excellent. <laughs> As there were no wrinkles nor a crease to be seen, there was no visible hem between the trousers and the shoes, which were actually a continuation of the former, being part of the self-same garment. Was he, was he a farmer or a fashion designer? <laughs> He's a farmer. These, these guys just sound really, really snappy dresses to me. They do. <laughs> The soles of their shoes were different from ours. They were thick, about two or three inches thick, and a little turned up or arched up in front, so that the tips looked like those described in fairy tales of old. Perhaps the clothes size suit they wore did interfere slightly with the movement because they kept walking very stiffly. They were about my height, 1.6 metres tall in shoes, perhaps a little shorter because of those helmets, except for one of them, the one who had caught hold of me out there. This one did not even reach my chin. All seemed strong, but not so strong that had I fought with one of them one at a time, I should have been afraid of losing. I believe that in a free-for-all fight, I could face a single one of them on an equal basis. So that's... He's given a really detailed description of these creatures. I think it's too detailed, personally. I quite like the fact that he got the little macho line in at the end. Yeah, I could have had them, but they ganged up on me. I'm going to take him out. Now, the creatures took Boris onto their ship, where they curiously began to strip him naked then rubbed him in a clear, odourless liquid, which he believed was some kind of 
aphrodisiac. Mm. I think you can see where this is going. Oh, Ooh. what did he get? Um, he <laughs> then led into another room. Soon two creatures joined him carrying apparatus with which they took some blood from his chin, apparently leaving two small scars for which the doctors noticed later on. W- wasn't he still under the effects of the aphrodisiac? Well, we don't know. Bobas claimed that he was left alone for what seemed like half an hour where he made himself comfortable in a large featureless foam or rubber-like bed in the middle of the room. Now, from holes in the wall, about head height, he said came tufts of grey smoke which quickly dissolved. And shortly after this happened, he initially felt nauseated, which then turned into the feeling of being suffocated. Ooh, which point, ooh. ran into the corner of the room and he threw up. At this point, he turned around and noticed that there was a naked woman in the room with him. An actual woman woman? Well, oh, all right. he would describe her as... The most beautiful woman he'd ever seen, with thick blonde hair and big blue eyes, but that she had unusually high cheekbones and a pointed chin. So it get quite pointy mm. features. That sounds good to me, I'd take that. She moved towards him in silence and pressed herself against him. And soon after, Boas found himself having several sexual encounters with her whilst aboard the craft. Bam. Then eventually the other creatures came along and ushered her out of the room and led him through the ship, uh, giving him his clothes back. It was at this point that he said that he was quite aware of his surroundings and noticed a small, like, metal brick with some kind of writing on it, which he picked up and put in his pocket. But one of the aliens spotted him doing it and took it off him, apparently got quite aggressive, and they shoved him out of the ship back into the field. Um, And he watched the craft take off, noting that it grew increasingly brighter as he got further up. And it was emitting a loud buzzing noise. Which is interesting because now we had the conversation last time about UFOs. Yeah. And I made the suggestion that maybe the glow was through some kind of power source they were mm. using. Yeah. Kind of same thing here. We say that, you know, kind of like dim on it. But as, it, as the craft powered up, it became brighter and brighter. And he returned to his tractor and looked at the clock on his tractor and noticed that it was 5.30 in the morning. So he'd been abducted by these creatures for about four and a half hours. Attempting to start his tractor, he noticed that the battery wires had been detached on the tractor, so he believed that the creatures had sabotaged his tractor. Now, the interesting thing is that a year later, he went to his doctor because he was suffering with symptoms linked to radiation poisoning. So, nausea, kind of like lesions and, and cysts appearing on his skin. Hey, he could have been from the uh, from the sex robot that he had sex with. Could have been from the lube. Well, we don't know if it was a sex robot, do we? But, um, yeah, he was suffering from the symptoms that linked with radiation poisoning, uh, which is why the doctors started asking, well, where do you think you've got this from? Because you've not been anywhere. He never left the village where he was born and raised. Um, he, in 1957, you know, where could he have come across radiation unless he'd been in America where they were testing nuclear bombs or he'd been in... Nagasaki or Hiroshima at the time. Didn't they test them all off the coast near Cuba and Panama and stuff like that? Would that not have possibly got to people in Brazil? They were tested in Pacific atolls, quite far away from any main... It's quite an odd leap, I think, for a guy who's a farmer in a rural area of Brazil Mm. to go to his doctor and his doctor go, I know what that is. You've been exposed to... No, 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 that's not what his doctor said. His doctor was like, well, why... You know, you've got symptoms of radiation poisoning. But but how would he know? Well, I'm guessing there would have been medical journals. Obviously, after the Second World War, there would have been a lot of testing of 
nuclear weapons, they'd know what the effects of radiation poisoning on the human body would be. So being in a medical profession, you would have thought there'd be medical journals about it and they would have read about it. I just think it's like an odd thing for a doctor to even contemplate. Because if you're working on a farm, I'm just thinking exposure to, you know, chemicals. I mean, even though it was 1957, I'm sure they used, like, crop sprays yeah. and stuff like that. They would have gone, you know... It wouldn't be one of the first things the doctor would No, and, you, you know, conclude. surely, you know, you'd, you know, you'd have to test his blood, you know, perhaps use, like, a Geiger counter, those sort of things... I just find that just a bit odd. It depends what he went to the doctor with, though, doesn't it? You know, if he said, look, I've been feeling a bit dodgy, my hair's falling out, all these blisters. <laughs> my teeth keep falling out. My, but... Yeah, my teeth are falling out. I got abducted by aliens seven <laughs> years ago and had sex with some really hot blonde woman. Apparently, he wasn't He wasn't very forthcoming in telling the <laughs> story. The, the doctor had to properly get it out of him. To yeah. So, well, see, there's something else going on here. What happened? But it's because of all of this that a lot of people believe that it was a genuine occurrence that they believe he was actually abducted. Mm. He wasn't racing to the news or the papers? No, or no not at all. It's, it's and he very, did leave quite a quiet life after It's that. a very tricky one because there's no evidence apart from the fact they had radi- radiation poisoning. Yes. But, no, did he actually have radiation poisoning? Apparently or so, yes. It wasn't, it wasn't just the doctor saying, oh, it looks no, like it. No, apparently he had symptoms of radiation poisoning. Ah, yeah, but symptoms of doesn't yeah, necessarily so, mean no. you have the did thing. He actually, that is true. You can yeah. have symptoms of That's what I was the getting cold. At. Thank you. Very Thank good you. for it. But what else... Can you have that will give you the same symptoms as radiation poisoning? I don't know, like like Matt's like, Ex- like exposure like to agricultural chemicals. Yeah, could be that. You know, you probably got a concentration of harmful chemicals and natural minerals and resources, things like mercury and cadmium that I'm sure may have existed locally as well. Because Brazil's got lots of uh, mines, hasn't it? Mm. So yeah, I, I, it's a very interesting story. I like the fact that the descriptions are very different to other descriptions. I am a little bit unsure about it because it doesn't mention how he was feeling. He, it's kind of he's, he's lying there on an alien spaceship. To be honest, getting that, stripped off and lubed up, and he's just. I've always found it a very like, clinical experience. As well, <laughs> I've got to be honest. He doesn't. It doesn't seem to describe any panic. He's just like going along with it. Decided yeah. to nick a little alien Rubik's Cube as he was going. Yeah, you know, I could have had just... him. If there was less of him, I could have had him. Yeah. I think it's very weird. I think the descriptions are very weird. And the other thing is as well that we're talking just before the 60s, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So there is, you, you've got, you know, it, it's Influx not... Influx of science fiction. Yeah, and there's all those sort of things. Surely mainstream. this is rural Brazil, though. Yeah. I mean, this is Still, not... This you, is get, not... you get radio serials and stuff like that. Yeah, they'd, sure have, they'd have had uh, cinemas, I'm sure. You've seen... Um, In rural you, Brazil? You've seen The Three Amigos? In the 50s? Surely. That's, uh, where are they in that? They're in Mexico. Well, I, I bet you have things like Flash Gordon, though, on like, radio programmes. <sighs> I don't know. In Portuguese. Well, why not? El Flash Gordono. <laughs> Maybe. El Flash, El Flash. I don't know, I think it's a good one. It'd be interesting to know how many alien abductees had a history of mental illness, um, had some kind of traumatic event happen in their lifetime, had an overactive imagination, mm. drug and alcohol dependency, etc., etc. Because these are all contributing factors to them. But sometimes, admittedly, I do think that one's a little bit far-fetched. I do tend to come out with these stories that do seem a little far-fetched, lizard. a little bit ridiculous, lizard men. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, to me, it would make sense that if there were creatures from another planet coming here, that they may want to know how we work, much as we would uh, study animals 
in their natural habitat. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, know. absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think they would just come down and pick up one guy on a rural farmstead, though. I think they'd be over here. They'd be putting everybody in nets, hoovering us all up. You know, when... That's when, only if they were like going to invade or harvest us, though. I just, I mean, I just, <laughs> I just find the whole story, if I'm honest, I just find it really a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Unlike... Uh, oh Matt, no, no, I don't find no, it ridiculous. No, I, I, no, but as Matt was sort of saying, you're going to need more than a couple of hours to see what makes a human tick. Well, this is where the reports of repeat abductions comes in. about alien abductions if you haven't already please like and subscribe to this podcast and if you have thank you ever so much for your support we're slowly building up more and more listeners so that's always good to know next week we will be discussing witches and witchcraft so until then please take care of yourselves podcast has been brought to you by obsidian shark productions the music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the creative commons license more details can be found on our website